Hey everyone, welcome to Minimally Millennial. I'm Shelby. And I'm JP. Our intention with this podcast is to create a community for young millennials navigating adulthood for the first time. We strive to look at life with direction and purpose and want to share this vision with all of y'all. Rather than avoiding the tough conversations, we want to talk about them and get them out in the open. So if you're like us and have days when you ask yourself, how the hell did I get here and what am I supposed to do next? Then you're in the right place. So together, we will unlock the secrets of adulting and try to answer the question, why did nobody tell me this shit? Let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by the Dragonfly Massage and Body Work Therapy in Greenville, North Carolina. Allie Hain, the owner and founder of the Dragonfly, has 11 years of experience in body work therapy. She's extremely loved and well-known in our community and does a superb job at massages, if I do say so myself. Some services she offers includes Swedish, deep tissue, prenatal, and hot stone therapy. So if you'd like to make an appointment at the Platinum Winner of Massages in Greenville, North Carolina, you can check out her website at thedragonfly.us. If you mention Minimally Millennial at your appointment, you'll receive a 10% discount on your service. We hope you enjoy. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome back to Sex Education Part 2. We are going into our second episode now with Javay DeBay. As a reminder, if you didn't listen to Part 1, definitely go check that out. But She is a millennial sexpert and sex educator currently getting her PhD in human sexuality for her full bio. Again, Part 1. But we finished off our last episode kind of talking about the world of, of kinks and whatnot. I want to start off this episode talking to you about masturbation. I have a very strong feeling that everyone should be taught this, should be taught how to do this, um, and should be taught about the importance of it within yourself and talking with partners. So what is your sex education expert opinion or advice um, or whatnot? <laughs> Masturbation is amazing and I encourage everyone to do it um, for a variety of reasons. One, because that is how you get to learn your body and what you actually enjoy in terms of sexual stimulation, which comes in handy if you're engaging in partnered activity. You can actually be like, actually, no, I don't like that. Um, you know these things without having to like go through it with someone and having that awkwardness. Also, it does wonders for self-esteem, like spending some time like loving on yourself, like you walk out of a good masturbation session, you're like, bitch, can't nothing get me down. I am on top of the motherfucking world. <laughs> and masturbation has health benefits, but it is for a lot of people, it definitely is like a tough thing to like do because like if you grew up in like a religious household, church, Bible, religion, just outright is like, don't do it. Masturbation is bad. Like I remember like being told like, if you masturbate, you'll go blind. And I was like, I already wear glasses, so what's going to happen? Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, there's so much, like, negative messaging talked about it. Um, there's also, like, the shame where, especially because as a child, like, it's just a natural curiosity. Like, you eventually start to explore your genitals as a child and usually, like, in public settings to which parents typically will respond in, like, a negative manner. Like, oh, my God, don't do that. Um, and not because they are intending to, like, shame it, but because, like, the a reaction it's supposed to be like a private thing and so to see your child doing it in public like ah worry sets in um and so like also like gentle parenting is like very new so like a lot of parents like didn't know how to like address that especially with us as millennials like if we were ever caught doing something it was very much like ah situation and <laughs> instead of like the gentle like okay are we sure that's what we should be doing right now and i'm jealous of people being gentle parented um <laughs> but so a lot of people like are nervous to do it because of what they grew up 
believing also just like historically there were so many things that were done to like prevent people from masturbating like did y'all know that cornflakes the cereal um and graham crackers were created to get people to not masturbate like they were it was supposedly like because it was so bland it would like deter like the idea or the like desire to masturbate and i was like i love how you really think that eating boring food is going to keep somebody from masturbating but like go off mr kellogg do your thing um <laughs> what? but there's yeah like that's like that is why graham crackers and um cornflakes were created that doesn't because... sound scientifically possible <laughs> also also yeah no it was not scientifically backed at all it was just like some random dude that was like i'm gonna get people to stop masturbating I'm going to make a cereal. <laughs> um, but so all of those things that like, go into it, especially if you like, grew up being told not to like do anything around like pleasure, like trying to like dive into the world of like your body by yourself can be extremely intimidating. Also, no one talks about how to do it. Everybody's like, masturbate. But no one, how, how would you, how would you know how to masturbate if no one tells you? Like people are just like, yeah, masturbate. Okay, but like, what exactly does that mean? So it like also varies. Like some people, especially for folks with penises, I think also like they get it easier. Like they, we see like messaging around it. Like I always remember American Pie. Like we yeah. saw what masturbation was for people with penises, but like when it comes to a vulva, what do you, you master, you have a vulva and you masturbate? What does that look like? Um, so like actually talking about what masturbation can look like. So genital stimulation in a wide variety of ways, especially when it comes to the vulva, I feel like people think, oh, I masturbated. So I put something inside of my vagina. No, there's so many different ways to masturbate and it doesn't have to be penetration. Also the clitoris is like the pleasure center. So like focusing on that external portion is a lot, probably gonna be a better entry point than like, I'm gonna shove something inside of me. Not my first recommendation ever for people that are like, I want to try masturbation. I don't, don't just run and go buy a big old dildo and shove it in and think that that's going to be a great time. Cause I <laughs> guarantee you it's not, it is never going to be Sounds a great painful. Time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so just like getting, I always encourage people to start off just like exploring the entirety of their body. Like, don't just think that you have to go straight to your genitals. Like start, caress your nipples, caress your boobs, see how that feels, stroke your inner thigh and see how you like soft touch, firmer touch, then make your way to your genitals and be like, hmm, what does this feel like? Yes, I personally think everyone should masturbate because it's going to enhance like your own relationship with your body, as well as you engaging in sexual activity with others. Well said. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, in high school, I think the only conversation, actually, it wasn't a conversation. We were watching Secret Life of American Teenager. Y'all oh. remember mm -hmm. this Yes. And they have one episode, one whole episode that's dedicated to what they think is talking about masturbation. And it's still, I literally had to ask my mom, I was like, what's going on? Like, I, because like, it's, it's like so secretive and the, I, there was no conversation after that followed that. <laughs> I think we talk about like, you know, the sex education, all the shame talked about around talking about sex. I feel like masturbation even gets a, a worse rap than just sex because I feel like people know that some education needs to go into sex because you need it to like procreate and it can still just be biologic. But masturbation for the most part is strictly for pleasure. And so I feel like people just do not want to like even touch that subject or again like how do you start i feel like you go up and you look at masturbation and like this is this giant dildo that you can stick to the wall like go for it <laughs> but no like here's how you ease into it what happens if you get stuck in a masturbation routine like all these all those different stuff 
Oh yeah. Yes. Your face light up. Yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yes. Oh, cause I love it because there's like, there's obviously like a big myth that if you like masturbate in one way forever, like you're going to desensitize yourself, especially the toys. Like that is like the big messaging where people are like, I don't use sex toys. It's going to desensitize me. That's not true. Um, first of all, like there is no sex toy that is out here, like destroying nerve endings in the clitoris and the vagina. Like I promise you, but you can get into a routine where it doesn't like offer you as much pleasure so if you have just been masturbating the same way for the past like 10 years and you're just like I'm laying on my back my legs are up in the air I'm using a bullet vibrator on my clit and that's it like after a while your body gets so used to it that it's not going to do have the same effect like you're not going to feel as great as you did when you first started doing this so variety also the spice of life is extremely important in masturbation routines because you want to continue to experience pleasure in new ways so your body is like oh wait this feels good I'm actually enjoying this experience rather than it just being like this like monotonous routine thing like fucking waking up and brushing your teeth um so if you were somebody that's like today but this works for me I'm not, I'm not saying stop doing it I'm saying add to it so if you know that like your morning wake up masturbation routine is xyz thing I want you to go and add a b and c to it like mm. instead move it to the shower masturbate in the shower in the morning or like do it in a different position, like get on your knees and masturbate that way. Or honestly, I recommend people taking it back to like the golden days before you actually had toys, hump stuff, like dry humping, like go back to humping. Everybody, I feel like we just like let that. We were like, oh yeah, humping, whatever. And we left. That was some great stuff there. Humping was good. Um, So like go back to different things. You don't have to just do it one way because you're like, oh, well, I do it this way and I always have an orgasm. I'm happy for you. And also you could do it a lot of other ways and probably still have a really good time. Well, it's like, I mean, your brain with even drugs or anything, we're stimulated that we over and over and over. It's like, you're going to hit that threshold and you need to figure out, okay, how can we excite my, ourselves in a different way? Yes. Also why I like space out my drug use. <laughs> <laughs> Only take drugs on a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take multiple drugs. So. That you switch up in diversify. which order you take your drugs <laughs> uppers then downers yeah. <laughs> that's that's as good as my analogies get here <laughs> i like it as kind of a transitional topic like with masturbation as you talk about how it builds self-confidence i feel like a lot of the additional education like around sex doesn't come into the part of people not being comfortable in their own bodies and like having to look at someone, you know, like naked first time or that sh body shame around sex and, you know, that weird shit happens. Like there's no getting around that. Do you think that there's any sort of correlation between like the masturbation and self-confidence you have with a partner as far as when it comes to body shame or like being comfortable in your body? Does that help? Does it hurt? Does it matter? Um, I definitely think that masturbation can help it, but I think sex ed in general is better at it because if you're getting good sex ed real sex ed you're just learning about the human body and like its full extent um which helps with that weirdness because as we have seen from the TikToks, from the internet in general, people just don't know stuff. So then you got people that are shocked, like, wait, I'm wait, how'd that just happen? Um, so if there was actual sex ed, people would understand like, oh, I actually know the parts of a vulva. I know where the vaginal canal is. I know that there's a hole that pee comes out of and it's not the same hole. <laughs> and I know where the clitoris is, like having that understanding and then knowing like, oh yeah, like discharge is a thing. Like somebody's probably not 24 seven wet for you. It's probably discharge, bro. Um, also like knowing that queefs are a thing and it's not a weird thing. Like, honestly, 
I consider it the pussy clapping. Like the pussy is like applauding <laughs> the situation. Like she's giving you feedback in the moment. Okay. Um, but like also understanding just like how the menstrual cycle works and how that plays into like how you go about sexual activity throughout the month. So all of those things, like if you learn that, if you learn the human body, if you understand engaging in sexual activity with others is a lot less awkward because you're like, oh no, I actually understand like how the penis works. And I know that if my partner were to wake up with a boner, um, it's not them saying they want to fuck me in the morning. It's that that's their body naturally doing something. And honestly, that's them having to go pee, not them trying to like bone. Um, so like having the actual education to understand the human body um, and all its variations as well. And knowing that it's not like not everybody is exactly the same is extremely important because I also think that we see like, we basically see the same body type in media essentially like it's always going to look the same so i mean you see people that are different you're like wait i was i thought it was going to happen like this like uh, what do you mean like your penis is curved i thought they were just like straight like <laughs> having an actual understanding of the different ways the body shows up in the human population is going to make it so that way you don't have these awkward situations in the bedroom where you're like uh, uh I, don't, I don't i don't know <laughs> so what what would you say about because Shelby and I have differing opinions on this, um, but how this, the benefits versus what's the opposite of benefits, the cons of pornography. Because I think what you're saying is you're, you're talking about exposing yourself to this diversity, also understanding that there are different things out there, but also understand the anatomy. And sometimes if we're not getting that taught to us from a young level at school where adults are comfortable talking about it, where else are going to guys and women lean on? pornography that's the only place it seems to be safe to talk about or watch without judgment yes so i i love porn like i think it is like an amazing entertainment aspect um and i also love to stress that porn is for entertainment that is its purpose like there are some um porn videos out there that are more educational like they have were created with education in mind but for the most part it is entertainment so i always encourage people to recognize that like some half the stuff you're seeing in porn is not real like the positions that you're seeing them engage in you don't want to try those because those positions they're in are for the camera angle. You want to be able to see stuff. If you try and go into your partner penetratively at a 90 degree angle, like it's not going to go well. Um, also like in the terms of like squirting porn and how it's like so big, knowing that that is not like a hundred percent going to happen with everyone. Um, but also like to the extent that porn stars do it, it's not realistic for like a regular individual that squirts. Like it is not about to be this like water fountain geyser situation with like a pinpointed stream like no um so like understanding that but i think that porn one is especially good in like actually seeing the body in action as things because like you don't really get that also i think porn is right for the creativity aspect like outside of like knowing what missionary sex is and like doggy style like there's very little that we're ever taught in terms of like how you can have sex but porn gives you that option to see that be like oh wait oh that's a semi-cool position I need to like modify it to like actually work for like my body but like I think that would be fun to do with a partner um so I think it definitely has its benefits with the caveat of those benefits only being real if you understand what porn was created for mm. which is entertainment and how to like critically look at it like me Porn literacy to me is extremely important. Like I want people to be able to watch it and know like, okay, what I'm seeing is not real for X, Y, Z reasons, but in real life, it could happen in this way and taking that away from it, not being like, oh, I'm going to recreate this porn as is with my partner, no stretching, no nada, like, no. It's a box so, and all. 
Yes. Like, <laughs> if you want to break out the pizza box, do your thing, baby. I'm all for some role playing. But like, <laughs> also like stretching is important though. Like acrobatic positions that people be trying to get into because they saw it in porn. Like, don't be pulling muscles because you're trying to recreate a porn. Like, please stretch, <laughs> drink your water. Like, there's so much that you don't see happening in porn, especially like conversation wise, like consent conversations, like people actually talking to each other. So be like, hey, are we cool with doing this? Like, are we actually gonna do any anal today? Like, you don't just like randomly spur that throw that at a partner like you never just like pop up and you're like we're doing anal planning <laughs> is required always for anal great answer shelby and i have talked i don't even remember we haven't talked about it in a long time but i i wrote a paper in college that actually won some awards because it was called the toxicity of pornography and i was writing it because i was trying to educate myself on pornography and i started like learning about the feminism side of it, of women who supported it and didn't support it. And this was my only exposure to it. And then my teacher was like, no one has ever chosen to a topic like this and like started submitting it. And then I met Shelby and she was the only other human who actually was open to talking about it with me. But I was exposed to it from a very unhealthy relationship standpoint to it. So it was, I had that as an example. And then I had Shelby talk about it as an example. So it was, it's really interesting to hear your perspective. I like what you're saying about understanding it as an entertainment piece. And like with anything that gets put in front of us, it's important to have education on the backside of, okay, what is the intention and what is the goal of what I'm consuming? So, yeah. Yes. And it's wild because like schools don't, one, they don't even really have media literacy programs, let alone porn literacy, but like all we, we live in a society that media is like everything that's all we have is like media essentially but like no one teaches you how to engage with it critically which like I understand like it's on purpose because like if you're not critical about it like you'll just like keep buying and supporting all this stuff but it's so shocking that we don't because especially considering like when people get introduced to porn like I I had a very early introduction to porn like I discovered porn in the third grade I want to say me and my younger brother found my dad's porn collection um and it was a dvd case that said 80 days around the world with Jackie Chan and so we were like oh yeah let's watch this the movie was not 80 days around the world with Jackie Chan it was porn um and so we watched it and the next day we're going to school just running our mouths talking about like oh my god we saw this thing and so it's important to like actually have the conversation around like porn literacy media literacy because of when people are actually getting introduced to it like if I was introduced to it young enough that like it was very impactful I was like sex is totally gonna be like this like I also thought my body was gonna look like a porn star I was like oh I'm gonna have a big old booty my boobs gonna be big mind you I do have big boobs but I did not get boobs until freshman year of high school I went my entire life rubbing cocoa butter on my nipples trying to get big old boobs I thought I was supposed to because porn showed women with big breasts so again why porn literacy is important to understand like hey majority of these folks they paid to look like this so don't stress like they got money for making these movies and they were like give me double d's dr miami like <laughs> you are not gonna turn out that way and that's okay um but yeah it's like mind-blowing to me because every like honestly the amount of people engaging with porn at a younger age is so high but there's never any direct conversations around it it's not talked about in schools there's no literacy it's just like oh yeah we know we know children are watching porn well, so it can be accessed so easy now with so technology. Easy. Yeah. Especially considering now, I'm like, they don't even, I know when we were doing it, like we legitimately had to do the math to come up with the correct birth date to be able to be like, yes. I think so. <laughs> like we had to do the math. Now they got it easy. They were born in like 2000. So they know, oh, I just need to like do the math of like, 
adding 18 years. Like you got easy math and that was rude. That was disrespectful. I don't appreciate that. But yeah, there's like no real like things stopping it. Like Google, you can just Google anything and it pops up. Like, but we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Part of me too is like this self, some of the self-awareness that comes from people watching porn that sometimes I've, I've even talked to some friends about it. They're like freaked them out. Like the amount of friends that I feel like have just talked to me, like we've just kind of been talking about it after a couple of glasses of wine. They're like, have you ever seen like lesbian porn? Is it turn you on? Like, does, it, does that mean I'm gay? And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. I was like, just because like you feeling some type of way here does not mean it's like necessarily collected to your sexuality and what you enjoy, blah, blah, blah. Like these videos are meant to make you feel a certain way, entertain, like entertainment wise, just like you watch a movie and you like empathize with a character in a movie. They're like, it's meant to do that. And I think there are like the pros and cons to it, just like we talked about. Don't listen to the storyline. I think that's also like people just like expected to like play. I was like, no, I promise you no delivery person. Okay, not no. Um, <laughs> but like most delivery people are not going to come in and bang you. Like it doesn't play out that way. But it is true. Like some people do see something they're like, oh my God. Especially like the people that accidentally stumble on things like um, like kink porn. Like it's totally like can be real shocking <laughs> for people to see stuff, especially like from the upper floor. And you're like, wait a second, hold on, what is going on? Um, and if you don't know, the upper floor is like a very, like if you're into kink porn, like it's a very well-recognized one, but like you gotta be a specific like audience member to get it. And it's so funny because there were like, literally my husband left a comment on the meme I posted for Kinktober and like no one got it, but also like, you know, but like I, it, it, it was absolute gold. Um, so it was a meme of like pumpkins and like bondage gear. And I don't even know what my caption said, but my husband commented on it and he was like, I serve the haunted house because on the upper floor porns, whenever somebody wants is having an orgasm or coming, they scream, I serve the house. <laughs> so I was just like, God, this is gold, but I get to niche comment, like a niche audience is going to get this. Um, but yeah, if you're like introduced to like upper floor or kink porn in general, like it definitely can be a little jarring. And then you're like, wait a second, hold on. Um, what is happening here? <laughs> And I think, well, I think oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, for me, like, I have to have these conversations very slowly. Like, I, other if you talk, if it's too much is exposed to me too fast, it, it makes me retreat even farther back. And I think a lot of people are like that because it's these conversations just are not had. Oh, absolutely. They are definitely like one step at a time. I would never just be like, cool, today we're talking about porn. Here's an intro to just regular, like simple storyline porn. And by the end of the class, I'm like, and here's the upper floor. That's the house slave. She is going to take three cocks. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I think it, it's still a, like all these conversations and everything that like is out there when you actually look into it, it gives you, it's so, such a bigger community than you like ever realize there's so much stuff. You know, people are going to be out here having missionary for the rest of their life. I'm saying, <laughs> unless you want no. to, if that's your thing. Go for it. Yes. If you want to stick with it. Yeah. But also like, I don't think it's the best thing for your back to do a whole lifetime of missionary sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, yeah, there's like so many people that like you can find people to talk to, which I also think is a why people are also hesitant because it's like, well, I don't have anyone in my life that can understand or like even want to have this conversation with me. That's the power of the internet, in my opinion. Like, I promise you be it Reddit, Twitter, or even like FetLife, which is like a social media platform for King and BDSM. Like there is somebody else out there that you could talk to and be like, yo, okay, I think it's hot if, you know, this thing happens 
and I feel like you feel the same way. And they're like, oh my God, yeah, let's talk about it. Like there are people that you can talk to, even if it doesn't seem like it. There's a community always when it comes to sexuality. And I promise you, you are never alone in anything that you are thinking about or being like, yeah, I like it when it comes to sex. Never. Honestly, it's probably me. You can come to me and I promise you, I'm into it. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say is a, you know, learning these different things, like on the realm of like, this is basic missionary sex, like we are serving the house level, you know, porn, like how do you recommend people learn what they are comfortable with in a safe space? Obviously, sometimes it comes down to like having that partner that's willing to try things, say like yes or no to maybe you don't necessarily have that learning what you like, what you don't like, or what you're even comfortable with, even down to like so much as a safe word. Cause that's something that's um, not talked about either. You, I feel like yeah. there's some people that be like, yeah, I did that. I just didn't like it, but it just kept happening. I was like, you just say nothing. They're like, I didn't know what to say. Just being like, stop, stop, stop. Felt like a panic. It wasn't like that, <laughs> but it needed like a lighter, like tap the brakes. <laughs> tap the brakes. Um, yes. Um, so if someone's like, I want to learn any of that one, like the wide, wide offering of sex educators is like on social media is like my recommendation to start because one, it's free. Um, I hate, I hate the idea of like people having to pay for like knowledge and information about like sexuality. Like it just, to me, it just like seems antithetical um, and I can't support it. But like learning from sex educators, like having somebody that has a understanding of things offer you this information. Um, ethical porn is also another great one. And I spe- specify like ethical porn because there is some porn that is made and you're just like this. I don't know this. Something about this doesn't feel right. Um, so ethical porn is a really good option for knowing that like, OK, wait, no, everyone here is like engaging in this. Like everyone mm. knows they're being recorded. All of those important things. Also, ethical porn now nowadays typically has like um scenes that show like either the conversation beforehand and discussing like what people are willing and open to um or like an after conversation like upper floor videos have that where people are like they like debrief and they're like how did this scene make you feel like what did you enjoy about it um so ethical porn because it gives you that insight into the realities of having the conversations which i think is important um but using sex educators to learn especially in terms of like something like safe words like if you're not in kink and bdsm like the idea of safe words and something like aftercare is like completely foreign because for the larger majority of the human population we have only been taught that that's something in kink and bdsm but it has great benefits for even vanilla relationships um (laughs) using a safe word like i actually posted a tiktok about this because i me and my husband have safe words for um just like general like emotional check-ins so if we got into a fight previously um and i'm unsure if he's actually like better and like we can like talk and like we're chill again like i'll be like hey are you lavender because lavenders are safe word to be like i am emotionally like good we're great no problems here nothing i'm holding on to like yeah we also obviously have our safe words in the bedroom um so if like stuff's getting a little out of hand it's like apricot apricot (laughs) um and then we also have a safe word or safe phrase um for when we are in the middle of conflict so if we're actively in a disagreement or a fight um and we feel like i need a break or you're cutting me off or like anything of that nature we say go fish um so safe words like serve so many purposes that are not just like oh someone's spanking me and i need them to stop like no safe words are great if you're like i want to make sure that you are feeling good and loved by me or like i think that we are not handling conflict in the most productive way um and then aftercare a lot of people think is just for like oh you got spanked let me rub the spot where you got spanked but no aftercare is different for everyone and has so many great benefits like oh just imagine like okay you just have 
the most vanilla sex that you have and you love it. Um, but afterwards, like after that euphoric high of like having an orgasm, having the happy hormones released, you like come down off that trip of highness and sense of like good feelings. And you're like, oh, I feel sad. Like it's over and like it's done. And I'm just like, mm. aftercare is really good. Like having somebody hold you, you're like, hey, we might not be doing that. Like all the love and affection I have for you, it's still here. I'm still giving it to you. Like aftercare has so many benefits and it's not just for the kinky BDSM world. Safe words operate in a wonderful way in all forms of relationships and different aspects of relationships. Um, so using them is important. I didn't, I don't think I realized that, um, you know, I didn't, I don't think I even thought like what you're talking about. I love that about having safe words in emotional situations. Like, I love that because sometimes I even feel like stopping a fight in the middle is so hard. But I feel like if someone in the middle of a fight said, go fish to me, it would be funny enough, like funny enough to be like, oh, <laughs> to take me out of that emotional state and be like, oh, okay, like, let's revisit this later. Like, I love that. Yes. You, I mean, you talked about it at the very beginning of the episode, you know, that it goes into everything. But I literally love that. I was going to say that that's my favorite part of everything that you have been sharing and teaching us over these two episodes is that. It's, this isn't a conversation just about sex. This is a conversation about how it bleeds into all areas of your life. That is incredible because just, I mean, we talk about being well overall as humans. And if one area is sinking, then it's going to impact the rest of those dimensions of our life. And so this is a, an important piece that you do need to make sure you're well in because otherwise it impacts everything else. Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned the debrief part of it. Can we briefly talk about, you know, that consent? process because I feel like everybody knows you're supposed to ask for consent but like I don't I don't feel like that conversation like people find that conversation very awkward or in the moment not sexy like what does that consent look like before during and then like that debrief after I love that part of saying you know like what what did you like what did you not like like I literally do that with my therapist at the end she's like so what worked for you today and like we yes. debrief but like people don't talk about doing that with sex just like that was good high five see you later like yes <laughs> what does that consent and debrief process look like or should look like in a, you know, should in quotes in general, like healthily look like. Yes. Um, so I think a reason a lot of people are like, oh, consent conversations aren't sexy is because people think of it as strictly like, do you want to have sex with me? Yes, no. And that's the end of it. But a consent conversation should encompass like all of the pieces. So do we want to do this together? Like, are we feeling each other? Like uh, establishing like the level of respect y'all have for each other, as well as talking about what y'all enjoy. If you like, that's the reason hookup culture like has a bad rap is because people don't have a conversation. People are just like, yeah, we're gonna have sex and we just do stuff. No one ever says like, okay cool so i'm gonna come over and i was thinking like i would start by giving you like a body massage like i got this new body massage oil and like it smells real good and i think you're gonna like it like actually talking about all the pieces of it not just like cool we're gonna have sex and that's the extent of it because also the definitions for one person of what is included in sex can be completely different from somebody else. Like some people are like, sex to me is like, you were making out, we're doing oral, we're penetrative sex, we're going to oral again. Like it looks so different. So having the consent conversation include all of the pieces from, are we feeling each other enough to do this? Like, are we respecting each other to know like, cool, yeah, like I, I respect you. I'm going to take care of you. Are we talking about what we're into? And also the piece of like actually talking about like safer sex practices, because that's also an important part of it. Like that's a part of the consent thing. I'm consenting to who I'm having sex with, knowing that like, yeah, you have gotten your STI testing. Yeah. You know that you have herpes, but you take your antivirals and you're not having an outbreak. Like all of those things are part of the consent conversation. It's never just like, Hey, do you want to have sex with me? Yeah. Cool. 
all of those things being included are the consent conversation. And that's what leads to like good sex. And the debrief is important also because you make that a part of your relationship and your procedure in terms of sex. Like you are already having smoother um, communication to like minimize conflict. So instead of being like, Oh, I think the orgasm. Yeah, it was a great time. But you could be like, yeah, I thought this was really good. Um, I like didn't have an orgasm, but like I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed what we did. So like keep it up. Um, I think like, you know, there was just other things in my head that kept me from having an orgasm or whatever it is. But debriefing afterwards to like really touch base and explain like what felt good for y'all is paramount. Also, like it's just like it's fun. Like y'all can laugh about the things that happen. Like, yo when you let out that little fart I know you thought I didn't hear it but I heard it and it was funny I liked it I liked it a lot like you can laugh about all the things that happen because sex is funny and messy and like all of those things come up so just like doing that and being like yeah bro it was good (laughs) you know that's so important too and we talk about we talked about it like you know if one thing's failing your life all these different things but I think learning your own personal boundaries around around sex and having personal like boundaries with your partner or like yeah, I may have joked and said I did this with someone else, but it's not something I'm no longer into anymore. Like not making sure that obviously the the basics of consent for this, this time does not mean consent always or debriefs that I like this, this time does not mean today I'm feeling and being able to have those intimacies. But I feel like the hookup culture doesn't do us any justice. Like I have a, I have a friend that always says, you know, like I'm down to have a hookup buddy, but at the end of the day, like I just need to know the person respects me, whether we are in a relationship, we talk ever again. If they respect me, like, we can have sex one time, once a week and never speak again and I'm fine. But as soon as I feel like I'm not respected, I like cannot do it. Mm-hmm. It just comes down. There's so much value, I think, in sex and like who we are as people and how we feel, think about ourselves. Yes. That was not a question more, just a statement. I just love what you're saying. I like love having <laughs> this conversation because I like I'm always the one to like bring it up around my friends. Like, say, who wants to talk about sex today? Like, this would be fun. was like, what do you mean? Like, just see what happens. It's funny. I have you and my friend Joe who are just willing to talk about it. And right before I left that, I was at a little hangout and I was like, Joe, we're going to be talking about sex on our podcast today. She's like, oh my gosh, are you going to be talking about this, 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 and this, and this? And I was like, I'm not really sure, but um, text me that and (laughs) we can bring it up. And she did. She texted me like paragraphs of things. (laughs) We did have, I know we had you know, talked a little bit about doing the rapid fire questions. I feel like we ended up getting to most of them still. We did have one blaring question from our listeners though, that seemed to come up a lot was vibrator recommendations. There's all different kinds of recommendations going into a sex shop. Sometimes feels like a little grangy and you're like, I don't know what I'm looking at. And that is the biggest butt plug I've ever seen in my life. So like buying sex toys, period. I think that's kind of a good way to maybe round this one off before we get into the myth buster that I have for you. But um what do you, what do you, what would you say? Okay. So if you are someone that in, just enjoys like clitoral stimulation, you're just like external stimulation, vibra- uh, bullet vibrators all the way. My favorite is um, the WeVibe Tango X, especially if you like power. If you like, I need something a little softer, the Jujuwe bullet. Yes, go off. Internal stimulation. Um, that depends. If you like dual, then rabbit vibrators are like the go-to classics. Um, but if you're like, I just like, specific pinpointed stuff like something like like the we vibe rave is really good um 
but yeah, so it's something that definitely is curvature. Don't just do something that's like straight, that's an insertable toy. It's not going to feel good. Um, in terms of like vibrating, like cock rings, we vibe has really great ones as well. Um, and if you are someone that enjoys like oral stimulation, a womanizer, a womanizer, a womanizer, a womanizer, always <laughs> and forever. But also if you were someone that's like, Javay, I want to buy sex toys. I don't know where to start. I do offer like one-on-one sessions. They're called Pleasure RX sessions, where I help you to pick out the perfect toy specifically for you. Because these are very broad recommendations, y'all. Like everyone's different. So just like take them with a grain of salt. But like, if you want that help, hit my website. I got you. Yes, we will link and you'll send us your stuff when we put you on our Instagram. We'll link it to all your things because your link tree is bomb. And we'll link it to your website so they can get all the information from you. So I have so our classic Mythbuster at the end. Are blue balls real? No, no, they are not. That is literally the biggest. Please lie tell us why, because childhood. I feel like that, and like I can't fit in this condom are the two biggest lies that so have been spewed through sex. But so blue balls are not real. Why? And you're because, in thirty seconds or less. <laughs> because the balls are never actually going to turn blue if they like get a buildup of like excitement and arousal. Like them not reaching orgasm is not going to lead them to change color or like. Hurt. Up or anything like that like yeah they're not gonna hurt like maybe it might be a discomfort because you were like that close to having an orgasm and then it didn't happen but also that's edging baby get used to it um <laughs> but no blue balls is not real you don't have to suck somebody off to the point that they come every time they can finish on their own love that in the fa famous words of Javay debay the millennial sex expert thank you so much for joining us this has been an absolute blast talking with you it's been one of my favorite episodes we've done so far and Follow her on The Millennial Sexpert, on her Instagram, all the things we will link. And uh, as always, we will see you guys next time. Thanks so much, Jabay. Thanks, Jabay. Thank you. We want to thank you for tuning in to this episode. If you like what you heard, make sure to download, rate, and review. For more content from your faves, follow us on Instagram at minimally.millennial.podcast. A new episode is released every Sunday at midnight, so don't forget to set those reminders for your Monday morning commute. We'll see you next week to once again tackle the question, why did nobody tell me this shit?